Hi, everyone. Welcome to Better Hiring, a podcast by Workable. As a marketing manager at Workable, if there was one thing I had to choose as my absolute favorite part of my job, it would be learning from the folks who are challenging the status quo and moving the recruitment industry forward. That's why we're here today. This podcast is a space for the leaders who are driving this progress to share their real, honest experiences in overcoming challenges and moving the hiring industry forward. And of course, to bring you the latest tips, trends, and strategies to help you find a path to better hiring. In this episode, Chris Bodenseek, Director of Talent Acquisition at HQO, a rapidly scaling tenant experience platform, shares how they differentiate themselves against the competition. Let's jump in. All right. So, hello, Chris. Hello. Welcome to the Better Hiring Podcast. Would you like to start off by just introducing yourself? I would, yes. My name is Chris Bodenseek. I'm the Director of Talent Acquisition here at HQO in Boston. Beautiful. And how long have you been with HQO? Been HQO now for just over six months. I don't know how. Feels like it's been a much shorter time than that, but I guess uh, time flies here. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. I think we had spoken when you were like in your third month here. Mm-hmm. So are things like going quickly? Like what's happening? Yeah, there's just been um, a ton of demand you know, from the business to want to hire, want to expand, um, which we'll get into here. But a lot of hiring, a lot of interviews, a lot of expansion with our company and our office space. So it's been exciting and um, excited to be in office too. Yeah, that's the cool part of this podcast recording is that this is my 20th episode and it is my first episode that I'm actually recording in an office and not in my bedroom. (laughs) Congratulations, that's great. We're excited to have you. Yeah, it's so good to be here. It's, um, It's cool to see the office space too like you were saying it's growing and it's just energizing to see people at their laptops talking to each other um and kind of making use of the space in this like post-pandemic world it definitely looks a little bit different um but it's really nice to see so excited to talk about that um but for now could you tell me a little bit more about what hqo does yes sure so we are a company here we're helping landlords understand their asset strategies um, by really empowering the end user, end user being people like us in the office, um, and helping them connect to their building. So if you think about it this way, think of your smartphone. I think everybody has a smartphone nowadays. Um, We're using them as almost like uh, remote controls and the buildings themselves are supercomputers, which is really interesting. So the apps for the buildings that we empower are gray labeled. So if you own a building, like it's actually you're putting the HQO name associated with that building name on it. And, you know, we're promoting HQO using the direct name of that company. So you think of some of the amenities they have too. Now, these are buildings um, that, you know, we're enhancing those office experiences from the time you start, like in that commute, showing how long it's going to take to get to your office um, until you've wrapped up your work day too. So start to finish, that's your commute time. That's your mobile security access. So, you know, the users are saying goodbye to the days where they're forgetting their father badge at home. Oh, good. That can <laughs> be literally me. Yeah, that can be really frustrating. Um, and, you know, then you have like your bike storage access. You have ordering lunch to your building. We recently partnered with Ritual, which is super cool. 
you have the ability to reserve conference rooms or gym equipment, maybe even a roof deck space for a company social hour. So all things that are, you know, you're really connecting to the building, which you didn't really do before. And all these things are great, but where it gets really interesting is the opportunity for our clients to attract or retain their customers through the data that we provide directly to them. So the people or employees are gold. So we need to give them those experiences and they want it personalized in a way where they want to be in office. And that's where we come in. So, you know, there's a lot of really cool office spaces in Boston, New York, Chicago, San Francisco. You think of SurveyMonkey, they have a yoga studio. Uh, Credit Karma has a room with nap pods. Cliff Bar has a rock wall, rightfully so, as they should. Um, let's see, some of the other ones, New Relic has an on-site recording studio. Argonaut has a wide open floor pen, uh, plan that's uh, conducive to collaboration, giving employees like flexibility to move up uh, into different seating configurations. Joytunes, they're based in Tel Aviv. They teach online like music lessons, which is really intuitive. And they have this uh, they have this concept called open edge design where each of these workstations, they have like adjustable, like fixed lighting, which is really interesting, unique to that individual. So I bring up these companies because each have their own like kind of unique assets. Right. Um, and in theory could be connected to an app like HQO, um, and the experiences that are associated with it. That is really cool mm-hmm. and very important right now because something that I've been talking with a lot of our customers about and even folks at Workable about is how for the last year the conversation has been completely about remote work and hybrid work and how this is the future, it's the answer, it is our, everyone's calling and it's going to change the whole world for the better. It was, I even believed it for a really long time. And I was like, I think I could be somebody who just works from my house and like has my like life out of work. But I think something that so many of us have realized over the last year is that just working from the isolation of our homes all the time isn't right for everyone. Sure. So this leaves companies who maybe made the decision to go fully remote or even hybrid. Um, they're starting to rethink those decisions. They're starting to at least rethink like what they're offering their employees. If they're offering remote, what is that remote experience and why is it beneficial to the employee and what do they get out of it? If not, if they are going to offer the office experience, what is that office experience? Why is it valuable? Because Every employee out there in the world isn't the same. We all have different values. Um, but I think the one thing that I'm hearing from what HQO is offering is that the companies that can offer an in-office experience, it will absolutely look different and it can be really cool and awesome. Um, so I guess next question is when when you're thinking about like remote and hybrid like do you view this as a sustainable movement like do you see a shift coming like what's your thoughts on that yeah it's interesting you know there's a lot of evidence behind work from home being increasingly challenged and not sustainable 
Uh, so Google actually came out with some data and said their engineers produced 30% less code during the pandemic, which I think is incredible. So that's wow. a big chunk. Colliers, who's a leading investment management company in real estate, uh, they polled 4,000 office-based professionals, and that was around 25 countries, and they noticed a 22% decline in productivity for people that are working remote, um, which is mind-boggling. I think most people are productive, don't get me wrong, uh, but I think you consider everything that happens in office, everything that happens now in this hybrid and remote world, and I think there's going to be some really interesting themes that start to come up, especially at the leadership level. I think that's going to need to be earned in a more non-traditional way. So you think of like leadership styles, folks are generally either dominant or conscientious or even influential. They have these different you know, ways they go about their leadership. Um, I think they're going to need to find new ways. I think you have to be flexible. You know, I'd love for someone to defend the idea that trust and empathy have not been shattered during working remote, um, especially when all your interactions are either over Google Meet or Zoom or Microsoft Teams. Um, so that's going to be an interesting theme. 21, 2021 performance reviews kind of fall in that bucket too. I've heard of stories clearly outside of HQO, not here because we're in office. Uh, for some hybrid or remote employees um, where they're talking about their colleagues on social media going to the beach in the summertime, taking half of the workday to golf, heading to bars and restaurants in the early afternoon. All this happening before the workday ends. So I think you're seeing all that empathy and the trust just be completely ripped apart. And then I think you'll hear more of those scenarios enter 2022. So you know, you can say, hey, maybe the hybrid model fixes that. Um, but what's going to happen when your boss wants to be in the office three to four times a week? Your team is on board with that, but maybe you've moved or maybe you're just not comfortable and you want to go in one to two days a week. You know, what happens there? I think that's going to be something that a lot of companies need to think about. Yeah, that's something I've heard come up a lot is that we are starting to get back to the point of maybe being hybrid and some companies are kind of experimenting with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to do two things right. It's hard to do the remote piece right and the office piece right and like offering both of those experiences and I guess being what's right for what every employee needs. like. Sure, there's some employees out there that are really strict with their daily routine and how much time they spend on their laptop and being productive throughout the day and probably can work remotely. Um, But then there's also folks who I think are like me that are realizing that I need that in-office balance at least to function and that like even just like my mental health can suffer when I'm just completely isolated mm-hmm. um, so it's it's definitely I'm not surprised by those numbers that you brought up around you know remote work I think I think early in the pandemic we saw a lot of figures coming out of like that's it we ran the numbers people are more productive at home right <laughs> everyone's saying it and I I haven't seen a lot of of data questioning that out there, I think because people maybe aren't ready to realize that we need to see another shift soon. Um, but it absolutely makes sense. I'm not surprised. I mean, there's been levels of, of burnout and isolation and all these things, and like we need to find better balance. Um, so yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So going back to what we can expect 
from returning to office. You're recruiting for it, you're hiring for it, you're living it right now. Um, so when it comes to approaching like work-life balance, and uh, I think before the pandemic, work-life balance definitely existed for a lot of companies, but even after, I think we're going to see more flexibility and maybe focus on outcome rather than like the nine to five kind of thing. Like, would you agree with that? Like, what are you looking at with HQO or like seeing with your customers? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk of people wanting balance, right? And, you know, we're human. Like, we say that all the time. Like, we know that things need to change. and. You know, there's going to be a place for remote work. There's going to be a place for work from home. Um, there's going to be a place for hybrid. But if there's anything that I've learned specifically to HQO is that these employees thrive in an office culture. It's a no-brainer. The energy, energy is so contagious. Um, that's fueled by probably our let's go rallying cry and our values as well. It's something that, you know, we hit on just about every single day here. So that stands for learning, excellence, truth, speed, goodness, and ownership. Um, and my position personally is if you want to be remote, stay remote. There's opportunities for you. There's tons of companies that are going to be hiring that way. Um, or you make the necessary life adjustments, you know, to be part of an office again. So if you do that and you're here with us, you get to effectively collaborate. You get to be part of that office banter. And I think you saw that a little bit coming in and, you know, our employees and being loud a little bit. Um, and you get that candor too that I think that's more effective face to face if that's your manager or somebody that's underneath you on your team and just be part of that experience. Um, I've actually been really pleasantly surprised with the number of people my team engages with that are desperate to be back in office. There's some, of course, like I said, want to be remote, but it's made conversations easy, especially when you identify that. You know, we're still taking the proper precautions to maintain a smart and safe office setting. Um, going to the two additional floors that we talked about, right? Yeah. And expanding from one floor to three this year. Um, I think the, the thing that people miss the most are the people in the office themselves. Um, bottom line, that's never going to change. Yeah. So do you talk to candidates who basically tell you, like, I've been, my company's remote now. I'm looking for a job where I can just go to an office. Like, do you hear that a lot? Yeah, I do. It's, um, you know, from people around me or conferences or virtual conferences, of course, you know, as long as there's this pandemic and I think we're going to talk about um, like low application rates, right? I think that's something everyone is facing, mm -hmm. but there's going to be folks that aren't willing to change and that's okay. Yeah. Did you uh, have employees leave when you went back to the office or did you see that like the culture already is no, we didn't see we didn't see people leave. I think there are some people that you know had to think about it, right? But the good news, and I came here. Uh, this was March earlier this year. Is the expectation was set? We're an office first culture. You know, that's definitely something that was passed down to all of our employees, and people are encouraged too. If there's you know something that's going on that doesn't make them feel comfortable, they should be having conversations. Um, you know, we're going to have this degree of flexibility as a company to make sure that people can, you know not feel like they have to be in office five days a week, but we're yeah. still office first. There's definitely a difference. Gotcha. So there's still a level of flexibility, like if you're sick or like your kid needs to be picked up early or something like that. Absolutely. You know, it's um, the way that we look at this is like we're human, like I mentioned, and there's going to be some things that come up 
you know, if it's a doctor's appointment or the unplanned parts of life, like stay home, you know, do your work. I'd probably take it a step further and say, hey, if, you know, you're super busy and you just have that heads down work to do, like you can take that day like to stay home and actually do it, cut out that commute time, whatever it is, and go back into the office the next day. Yeah. And uh, with, like with nine to five hours, is that pretty common that people come in at the same time or is there a little bit of like flexibility around there too yeah you know there's some days that you know maybe you want to come in a little bit early so you can take off at four or you know maybe you're coming in at 9 30 10 o'clock depending on what you do right and you're leaving the office at 6 6 30 at night so there's that degree of flexibility but i'd say the the core hours where just what everybody's here is that nine to five block yeah cool I know we're still pretty early on to like what we're calling post pandemic, mm-hmm. but is there um, like a team at HQO that does organize any kind of events or like anything that is kind of supplemental to work, but can actually like facilitate people meeting each other and like, I guess getting to know each other outside of just like working on projects. Yeah, we actually do a really good job. Um, my colleague Cassandra Murray, who's our executive assistant, kind of oversees a lot of the company events that we've done. So we did an in-office event um, for our summer outing. So I say in-office, but it was actually nice. office. Yeah. Uh, we all got together uh, in East Boston on the waterfront. It was a beautiful day. Uh, we built wheelchairs for those in need. We had a first half of the year summary as well as kind of our projections for next half and what our goals were. And everybody was there. There were some employees, you know, they couldn't make it in Paris as well as um, England, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, like we can't really control those things. But just for everyone to be there on site and be smart, um, it was amazing just to see how appreciative people were. That is so nice. It's that's a piece that I think is definitely missed by I guess a lot of folks at Workable right now where I was explaining to you earlier our new office is under construction and pre-pandemic you know Workable has an amazing culture we're all really kind smart people who want to lend a helping hand and are more than happy to take stories under their wing and that kind of thing and luckily we have been able to echo that in a remote world but there's so many like chance encounters that are just missed when we're not in the office and when we don't have those activities and those events and those gatherings that we used to have. Right. Um, and I think, you know, there's definitely an appetite for that at Workable, which is why we're getting an office again. Um, but I've, I've heard from just talking to recruiters at other companies that it's kind of the same thing. And I think like going back to just like this huge problem that I talk to folks all the time who are trying to figure out how to better attract employees, like what do employees want? It's tough because every employee is going to want something different. And a lot of people out there are probably still figuring out what they want. But I think there's a revelation happening right now that people need a big change, which might be why we're seeing like this great resignation thing. People are changing values. Um, For the most part, people are, at least in Boston, like Boston tech companies, most of them are remote, I think. And there's still a ton of movement happening there. And I personally know friends who have left fully remote companies to go to companies that are at least hybrid and are definitely just happy to get back to being in an office. And a lot of these people too, 
uh, changed jobs during the pandemic and were like, I don't know anybody at this company. I, I talk to them every day, but I don't know them. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's pretty wild. You know, I look at our, our hiring now and a lot of companies are using this hyper growth you know, phrase, but actually here it's much more than that. Uh, we're a company here where, you know, we think of hyper growth, it's really defined as this rapid expansion where you can say, um, ARCAGR, which is your compound annual growth rate is 40%. Um, we've actually doubled twice in the pandemic, 2020, I'm sorry, 2019 going into 2020 and 2020 going into 2021. So I haven't coined a term yet, but I think doubling your head count two years in a row in a pandemic, there's something to be said about that. Um, but it's been nuts, you know, hiring across the board, left and right here. It's been challenging, there's no doubt about it, but I'm looking forward to seeing some of the cool things Workable can do to help us hit some of these hiring goals. Yeah, they're definitely hefty goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speaking of the hiring goals, so, um, you know, heading up recruitment in the recruitment process, how do you kind of communicate the value of an office? Is it something you feel like you have to sell or is it just kind of like a general conversation? I actually don't think I do. I think it's, you know, people understand the value now that they've been remote for over a year and a half. I'll probably read around a year and a half now, right? Um, I think the challenge is, the challenge for us is that a lot of companies are trying to do the same thing. Um, the war for talent's the highest it's ever been. Um, and there's a lot of data coming out. Even the American Worker Survey found that 25% of workers plan to look for a new job post-pandemic. And 48% are rethinking the type of job that they want post-pandemic. So, you know, what does all that mean? And you mentioned this, you know, the great resignation of 2021, which I've been really interested in reading about. That was uh, Professor Anthony Klotz down at Texas A&M. And he argues that this transition to a post-pandemic workplace, people would rather vacate their jobs and, you know, go back to this old normal rather than being present every day. And so us as a team, going back to your question, it's, you know, we want to challenge that. Like we're a company, we're creating this five-star customer experience and bringing technology to one of the most outdated industries that's out there. That's commercial real estate. Um, And I mentioned, right, like all these companies are aggressively hiring so much so that I've seen recruiters take new positions more so than I ever have in the past. So, you know, the motion of even just attracting top TA talent has been insanely difficult, I think, for all companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were just saying, what was it? There, There's more TA positions open at Boston. Than, than software, software engineers. engineers. Yeah, that was yeah. from our friends at um, Built in Boston put up that about a month ago. I am not surprised about that at all. It's, I'm, part of my role at Workable is to just, you know, figure out how our marketing team can create the most helpful resources for our audience, which are recruiters and hiring managers. And to do that, I'm part of a lot of groups on social media um, that are just like TA groups where folks are chatting about what's happening. And the biggest thing that's happening is um, people are getting new jobs and they're like, I have this role and I have this role, like which one should I take? Or I just accepted this role six months ago, but now this one is here. I see it all the time. So it's, it's pretty wild, especially given the hit that the TA industry took in the pandemic, yeah. that it changed so quickly and we're all trying to just chase it and keep up with it. And then at the same time, these TA teams are at the front lines of changing the way people are 
hurting, changing the way people are hiring, um, and trying to figure out what candidates want and finding out how to best give it to them. So it's very challenging, especially if you're working for a company that is still really trying to figure out how they're catching up to everything that's changed. Um, because even companies that are in person, if you're not giving the right experience, it's not that valuable still. So so I, I see a lot of movement happening. It's very, very wild times. Yeah. And I think too, as long as there's like this pandemic, right, people are going to be they're going to be conflicted totally. in which way they want to go um, until companies make these real decisions. And I think what's interesting is, you know, we're talking about the Boston tech scene here, but I recently met with one of our partners that we have is that we work with just about every single day here. And he was telling me about these folks that in Boston, they're being coached by these companies in San Francisco, New York, mm-hmm. Austin, Seattle. So now, you have Boston companies that have shifted to remote that are now competing with other cities. Totally. Which is just like, man, how more complicated can this get, right? I think for us, it's, you know, attracting this talent and you mentioned office experience. Um, it's the significance to the product. That's what a lot of people and our hiring managers too are listening for. Um, I'm listening for people that want to be challenged and make that, you know, that significant connection there. Um, I think, you know, if we're going to go out there and we're going to attract some of these folks that want to be in office, we have to, you know, direct message folks. We have to find ways to get creative with our marketing. Um, but again, so many people are hiring right now. You need to give your company a chance to stand out and really spark that curiosity. From yeah. Yeah. So on that note of the candidate shortage and just how insane it is right now, um, is that something that is a differentiator for you? And like, what are the ways that you're getting candidates' attention right now? Yes. Um, I absolutely want to call out the HQO employee base on this one because 50% of our employees have come through employee referrals. Wow. Um, the numbers are absolutely off the charts. And it makes sense. You think of our employee base, we have folks from HubSpot and Wayfair, I think 7% of the tr- companies from TripAdvisor. Yeah. Uh, DraftKings, NASA, Spotify, like really well-known established companies that have, yeah. you know, again, that are, have such strong brand recognition. Totally, and um, they're a Boston company. Exactly. And, or at least have a Boston presence, right? So, you know, these folks that are so well-connected are bringing some of these other top talent with them. Of course, getting, you know, referral bonuses, things like that, which is great. Um, and then there's some other short-term well, things happening in the short term that I think are going to be game changing, which I mentioned before we started this. Um, you know, we're not this culture of surprises. We're extremely transparent in everything that we do. Nice. You know, we don't have folks that are carrying this hidden agenda around um, or like this corporate greed, just looking to get to the top as quick as possible. We've all seen that. Um, the way that we think about this is like, you know, for our employees, excellence and mastery of the craft take time. And our employees buy into that. Um, I also don't think too many people get the opportunity to experience a startup phase of a company where you're developing a product, understanding the product, and starting to understand your own identity, go through some initial fundraising to that point of initial growth stage of increased sales, differentiating yourself from the competition, raising revenue targets. You know, we're progressing to this era where we're leading the market with these people being the goal, our employees. 
um, and beating the competition, which we're seeing, um, which is fantastic to be a part of. You know, this employee basis group that's become very special to me personally, you know, just how much they're committed to the TA efforts here. Um, they know that. Um, and the message is super clear from our board to our executive team and even beyond. That's so cool. I love that because I feel like you just summed up exactly why like the in-person experience at HQO is so attractive. And it's and it's I was having a tough time earlier talking about how there are some offices out there that I've worked like in offices that are great companies, but they're not where I want to be. Like the energy isn't quite there. Um, but having worked at Workable, which was an experience very similar to what you just described, like my first couple of years there, we just had our first big round of funding, really trying to figure out like what works, what sticks, who we are. And just the experience and the energy of being in a room of people who are like, let's do this, let's see what we can do, let's be creative, let's solve some problems. And being part of that is so cool. And um, we're at a point now that we're a bit more of a mature company and we're able to find ways remotely to collaborate and um, you know keep the train moving. But that experience is something that is like, it's a once in a lifetime kind of experience that you get to be a part of. And like, that's what sells, right? Like that's what people are looking for. It's not being in a room. It's being part of that. Three-dimensional. Yeah. That's all it is. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, HQO sounds like a super exciting company. Again, thank you so much for inviting me to be here because truly just, you know, getting back into this, it's been really nice. That's great. Yeah, I think it's refreshing for a lot of people. So um, happy to, you know, have a chat and really pumped to partner with Workable and some of the really cool things you guys do. So I think uh-huh. the future's bright for both sides. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, if anybody out there has any questions for us, feel free to send them in and we'll see what we can get back to you. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to hit subscribe wherever you are to stay up to date with our new episodes. And in the meantime, head on over to the Workable blog at resources.workable.com and check out our vast resource library. And if you're looking for a better way to hire, just reach out. We'd love to help.